Thank you for joining us for this episode of the IPI Policy Basics Podcast. Today's topic is, when Congress doesn't act, Congress acts. We're coming to you today from the studios of Salem Media Group in Dallas, Texas. I'm Tom Giovanetti, the president of the Institute for Policy Innovation. With our IPI Policy Basics podcast, we are building an audio reference library on basic policy concepts and topics for those who want to learn and understand how to think about policy, or for those who need to get up to speed on a particular issue. So today we want to talk about this small but really important idea about when Congress chooses whether to legislate or chooses not to legislate. And I'm joined, as usual, by our resident scholar, Dr. Merrill Matthews. So, Dr. Matthews, um, let's try to do a little bit of an introduction to this topic by choosing sort of a a more mundane illustration. Mm -hmm. And that is that if if you or I need a pair of shoes and we walk into a shoe store uh, and we don't see anything that we like or we don't see what we want at the price we want to pay, we might walk out of that shoe store and not buy anything. Mm Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that we failed. That means we made a choice to not buy something. Right. Right? Um, if, uh, if suddenly you wake up and you're 55 years old and you have never saved a penny toward retirement, uh, you, you didn't save toward retirement, but there's a very real sense in which you chose not to save for retirement. You chose other things to spend your That's money exactly on right. or other leisure time right. that you weren't making extra money. Exactly. Even if... Even being passive, whether it's being passive about not buying a pair of shoes or not saving for retirement, you've actually chosen to not buy a pair of shoes, and you've chosen to not save for retirement. Now, those are mundane examples of something that we want to sort of talk through today, and this is that idea that when Congress chooses to not do something, when Congress chooses to not legislate, that is actually Congress choosing to not legislate. Mm-hmm. And so there's always people out there who see a problem they think needs to be solved. And, you know, there's an endless example. I mean, you could talk about the Postal Service, the way the U.S. Postal Service is sort of chronically losing money, right? It is a problem everyone's aware of, uh, and Congress has done nothing to fix it. Congress has done nothing to address it. But that's actually Congress choosing to not address it. For not various acting. reasons. Right, exactly. For various reasons of political constituencies or whatever. So Congress not acting, Congress being passive about something, is not, well, they just didn't get around to it or they meant to or whatever. It's Congress choosing to not do it. It's Congress choosing to not act. And, you know, we hear a lot about this in currently because so many people are criticizing Congress for not doing this major piece of legislation or that major piece of legislation or so forth. They're not doing it. They're they're making a choice, mm-hmm. and they're leaving that on the table. Doesn't mean they won't choose to do it ne- at some time in the future, but it's actually making a statement of their preferences right now. And if you accept that our political system actually more or less works, if Congress chooses to not act, what it means is that there is no clear consensus mm-hmm. about what to do. If there were a clear consensus of what to do, then the path for Congress would be relatively easy and they would probably act. So if Congress doesn't act, there's a reason. There's either no clear there's there's either not a consensus that there's a problem that requires congressional action or there's no consensus 
about what the solution is. Now, you gave a couple of examples of some of someone not acting mm-hmm. as a sense of, of why that's actually an action or decision. And I would add the one other thing in is when when various committees and so forth take a vote, you go by and you say yes or no. And some people will say present or mm-hmm. they'll say I abstain. Right. And they're, they're not taking a position for or against it, but they are taking a position when they do that. Abstaining or voting present in some kind, when some kind of motion is on the table is actually taking a position, even if you're not taking a specific position, yes or no. Yeah, I think that's exactly correct. And there's two important conclusions, I think, from this idea that when Congress chooses to not act, that is actually Congress making a choice mm-hmm. to not act. Uh, and the first is... At least our last two presidents, at least President Obama and President Trump. Well, I guess our last three, because President Biden has said the same sort of things. Uh, Our last three presidents have said things like, if Congress does not act, I will. Right. Right? Uh, Obama famously said, I have a pen. Mm -hmm. You know, in fact, with regard to DACA, I think most notoriously DACA is the this issue of uh, children of illegal immigrants. Mm hmm. Uh, President Obama first said, I'm not a king. I don't have the power under the Constitution to do this, so Congress needs to do it. Congress didn't do it. Congress chose to not act. And then President Obama said, well, since Congress has not acted, I will. Right. And he did it through executive order. As if the end result was predetermined and it simply was a question of who does it, whether it's Congress who does it or the president who does it. But the fact of the matter is, is that Congress chose not to act on DACA. And And that did not legitimize President Obama saying, well, okay, since Congress has failed to act, somebody needs to, so I will. And with Obama, there were several things. The Iran agreement, Mm -hmm. uh, the nuclear agreement, which was essentially a treaty that he did not take to Congress. There was the Paris uh, Environmental Agreement that uh, he did mm-hmm. not take to Congress. He put the American people and the country sort of on the hook for this, yeah. even though he didn't take it to Congress because he knew he couldn't get the support, even among many of his own people in office. So the Congress didn't act, and the president sort of the, – the real, I think, danger here is a president saying, if – if you don't act, I'm going to do it because you're no under our constitution. You have requirements to go to these people because they're elected officials mm. and they represent people in the country. So uh, this goes to one of my pet sort of um, themes that process actually matters sometimes even more than the end result. Mm-hmm. You know, in our constitutional system, it is Congress's job to make laws, and if Congress chooses to not make a law, then Congress has chosen to not make a law. And just because you think they should have doesn't give you the right to do an end run around them, right? And 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 do it, you know, by any means necessary, constitutional or constitutional. Uh, President Trump did similar things, essentially, where Congress won't give me what I want, so I'm going to act unilaterally. Uh, most notably, I think for like the funding for the wall, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the president just through executive actions decided to transfer money. And, you know, whether that was legal or not is probably a subject of a separate conversation. But the, the idea in our system is you must persuade Congress to act and you must persuade Congress of how to act. And if you fail to do that, then Congress doesn't act. And that is an, it is an act of Congress to not act, right. you know. And I think that's very important. It's not a failure of Congress when they don't act. It's a choice that Congress makes to not act. And it doesn't give 
the courts or the executive branch carte blanche to just go out and act on their own. Right. And if you want Congress to act on something it's failing to act on, then you have to go out and build the both the public and the political momentum for that to occur. And that happened in the civil rights movement. Mm -hmm. Congress had not acted on a number of things on the civil rights bill for years, but you, the, the African-American and a lot of, uh, of uh, whites joined together in that movement and put so much pressure on there that they ultimately got it to pass. Exactly. Another important perspective on this, I think is that when the courts or when the executive branch chooses to act in a, you know, in a way that's outside the Constitution, there's a sense in which they let Congress off the hook, mm-hmm. right? All of a sudden now, if you're a member of Congress, you don't have to take a hard vote. You don't, have to, you don't have to take a tough vote. You don't have to do anything controversial. You can just ignore it because you know the president will do it through executive order or the courts will impose it or something like that. And it turns Congress into this sort of emasculated body that doesn't have to do its duty anymore. And I'll add to that, that a lot of the gutless bums who mm-hmm. don't want to have that vote are glad when the executive takes that, tries to do executive order or does the end around right. so that they don't have to uh, go on record for doing that. We have, we have a phenomenon now, and it's, it's widely understood, that you've got people running for Congress who have no intention of rolling up their sleeves and doing the job of legislating. They run for Congress to build their brand. They run for Congress to get on TV and to get on Fox News and to get speaking invitations and to travel the country. Or MSNBC. Exactly. (laughs) But they're using Congress as a platform to build their own brand. They're not going to Congress to roll up their sleeves and work. And part of the reason they can get away with it is that Congress no longer sees itself as the locus of where policy needs to get decided, where tough votes need to happen because of the willingness of, again, the executive branch, the regulatory agencies, and the courts to actually do the job of the legislature. And there's a reason why we have those two elements of government, so that you have the people represented by the House and Senate, and then you have the president, who's the executive. But we, it's, it's, I would argue it's a dangerous time because uh, at our current situation, President Biden has not been able to get, get certain things done, mm-hmm. and we have members of Congress increasingly encouraging him to take executive action and do various things because they can't. But the reason that Congress can't is Congress is making a decision not to vote on something. That's right. And, you know, as a little bit of a sort of a schoolhouse rock kind of a moment, um, people will commonly say we have three co-equal branches of government. Mm-hmm. But it's very clear from, from both the design of the Constitution and from reading the Federalist Papers that the, intention, the intentional design of our founders is that the legislative branch would be the superior branch. It is the Article I branch. Right. It, is the, it is the first branch of government described and outlined in the Constitution. It is where le- le- the legislative branch is where major policy decisions are supposed to be made, not from the executive branch and not from the courts. Which leads to that statement that Congress is the first among equals. That's exactly right. And so, you know, I have said during the course of this podcast, there were, there, I think I've said once there were two, and then I think I said there were three <laughs> sort of conclusions from this. Uh, the major conclusion that, that, that I come away from this topic with, I'll never forget, years ago, uh, we at IPI published a study on the fact that the FDA took too long to approve drugs mm-hmm. and that Americans were being harmed by that. And one of our major supporters and friends wrote me a very nice letter. This was in the days before email, I'm sorry to say. Wrote me a very nice letter saying, Tom, 
I enjoyed your study. It was very well done and it made a lot of sense, but you omitted, in my view, what is a crucial argument. And that is at the end of the day, the responsibility is not at the FDA. The responsibility is with Congress. And his point was that ultimately everything lies at the feet of Congress. And it's not, you can't really blame the agencies because ultimately it is Congress's job to determine what the agencies do, to determine their authority, to determine their funding, to determine their mandates, and to get them in line when they're not doing a good job. And so ultimately in our system, the the blame and the credit lies at the feet of Congress. And of course, ironically, Congress has been doing, for the last decade or more, has been doing more and more to empower the agencies exactly. so that they didn't have to take the, the members of Congress didn't have to take the heat and didn't have to make the decisions. That's exactly right. So when Congress acts, they are responsible for the result of that action. But when Congress doesn't act, that is also a choice of Congress, and they're responsible for not acting. And because when we don't understand this idea that Congress not acting is actually Congress choosing not to act, uh, we let them off the hook and we make the mistake of empowering other branches of government to start playing in the sandbox of legislation, which is not their domain. It's the domain of Congress. So our system doesn't really work properly if we don't hold Congress responsible and we need to hold Congress responsible not only for what they choose to do, but also for what they choose to not do. So the next time you hear a president say something like, if Congress does not act, I will, red flags should start going off in your mind. Well, you can find more at our website at IPI.org. If you've enjoyed this podcast, how about giving us a favorable review on iTunes or on your favorite podcast platform? You can also help to sponsor these podcasts by becoming a member of IPI's Giving Society. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you next time.